Oh, hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back. It's me, Powerhouse Zach, in the house. It's music time with Zach. <laughs> just kidding. We got this cool guitar from Finch Tech. We just got was happy holding down back down here from Nashville, Tennessee, from the Finch Tech Museum. Out. I don't know. Are you allowed to make fun of Tennesseans if you are a Tennessean? I mean, I just emulated my my true that was my true self uh you let it out stage character so zach shu here uh with mfc mfg some paulo uh memphis fence company got dan turbyville on my left and, hello and i'm just here we are playing on my phone over here for a minute we got alaria behind the scenes uh we're a little disjointed today we've been rebuilding the studio we kind of tore it down to take some stuff to Vince Tech in Nashville to do a live and, or do a broadcast from. So basically, we completely disassembled everything to take all of the audio equipment to Nashville. And we decided that like an hour ago was a good time to put it back together. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah. And so we've been kind of uh, scrambling around a bit trying to get all that done. Yeah, I don't do this. Um, I do this as a vocation currently. So, so you know, work takes precedence. Mm -hmm. the day job takes precedence over the podcast so yeah uh here we are we got it set back up hopefully everything goes smooth it looks like everything's in order so here we are um let's see we are this is season two episode four or episode four of season two however you want to interpret that so welcome everybody again we are presented by mfc mfg all right Simpolo. i'm, I'm going to join you now here he is yeah Dan Turbyville hey. in the flesh. I was just about to introduce you, so you're right on time. Okay, Dan cool, Turbyville, cool. Zach Shue. Uh, we are live, so we have a call-in number. Dan, you're going to run that call-in number for us, buddy. 901-878-4987. Sounds -a good. Got it. All right, and let's see. What? What's happening? Oh, I guess we've had... I don't know if people... I was looking at the, the thing yeah. there. We... So we... Can we tell people we did things a little different? We actually like got a TV mounted up here. Historically, we've had a TV sitting over here to our side that just like was an output from our video mixer, but now we got fancy and put one up in front of us. So. Well, and our ultimate goal is to be more um, involved with our viewers. So we're looking at you and not over there off to the side while we're, yeah. we're talking to you. So especially when we have guests, we'll be actually looking at the guest, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so we, if anybody's noticed, uh, any lag or glitchy kind of spotty speckly stuff in our feed when we're live um we have had some intermittent internet signal and we're working on getting that sorted just uh it's not that annoying to me because i don't know that it happens but for anybody who watches uh, you won't have to put up with that anymore. it's a very <laughs> annoying to me because i do know that it happens and i cannot stand that crap cool I just no. that's why we have a ignorance is bliss. That's why we have a studio that's like the news channel over here. So, um, all right. So, Dan, you got it. We've talked uh, to people about the books they are reading. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought maybe we would share the books that we're reading. Isn't okay. that, yeah. that interesting? Uh, I'm currently I'm not reading. I have to be honest. I'll say that I'm reading, but I'm I not. don't really know. I, I thought about putting consuming. Right. But that right. that really sounds weird. Uh, so yeah, I think in, we do the same. We just listen to them. Ingesting. Yeah. Whatever word you want to put there. 
We're uh, we're enjoying some books. How about that? Okay, you go first. I'm currently enjoying Extreme Ownership. So uh, two ex Navy SEALs, and they went through the whole. You know, they were deployed multiple times in Iraq, and they came back and they were instructors. And then after that, they went into the private world and became, uh, what's the word? Like business coaches or consultants. And they do a lot of stuff about leadership and just kind of take the principles that they learned in the military and apply them into the business world. And so that's what the book's all about. It's got a ton of stories about their deployments and, you know, different things that happened to them in Iraq. And uh, then they also, they'll take, <laughs> I don't know. I know. I'm trying to think. I, so what I'm doing as I'm talking is I'm trying to remember the name of the town that they're in, Ramadi. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they spent, I think that's the name of the town. If I'm messing it up, I do apologize. But uh, I think they spent a lot of time there and it was supposed to be like one of the most violent towns in the Middle East or in Iraq at least. And so they kind of were there at the beginning and they were, you know, help push out everybody, all the bad guys and set up like operating bases in town and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so they'll normally go through kind of like a story of what happened in Iraq. And then they'll have a story of uh, business that they were, uh, you know, con consulting with and kind of tell a story that happened there. And then they have like, you know, applications to business that kind of end up each chapter normally okay and uh could you share with i've obviously something I, other than just a random ramble well I, I was just curious like how do you how i asked you this morning if um there's anything that you've pulled that's kind of a practical application mm -hmm. or anything you, you mentioned that you kind of already had that thought about it i know we've had a few conceptual conversations but uh what do you think as far as for our listeners viewers anything um constructively they could expect to glean from this that would help benefit their business or maybe just their personal life yeah definitely uh the biggest principle in the book you know it's called extreme ownership so the principle is extreme ownership and you know if something happens uh in like your department or in your company or whatever the case may be then like take ownership of it Right. So just because you're a crew leader and like one of the guys screw up on your crew, I mean, that's still on you as the crew leader and you need to own it and try to figure out what you can do to fix it next time. Right. What was the uh, you summed that up with um, a saying, which I think there was there's no mm -hmm. bad teams, only bad leaders. Oh, yeah. And that's something that I think even in addition <clears throat> to efficiency, we've talked a lot about process and my year here has been really focused on pro well i'm not actually as focused on process as i was it seemed like a big focus for me but um yeah, specifically in the culture aspect for me that's really come true like or you know the whole process thing was like where we started and we right. kind of have like branched off in all kinds of different ways from that right i think just the idea of growth has kind of grown into a whole right. another thing concept yeah so. and growth I mean, remember, growth is not like necessarily doing more jobs or selling more. I mean, there's a lot of different types of growth. So I that's think a it, hard adjustment, though. It is. It's, it's really a hard easy, thing to think about. Right. It's easy to just kind of monetize growth mm -hmm. and say that. I mean, obviously, we're business. We need to make a profit. That's how I get paid. So obviously, I want to I want to earn money for the company so I can continue to get paid. We can go broke sitting at home. <laughs> right. But at the same time, there are some things. The trade show, for instance, that's a really that's really hard to quantify 
the value of the trade show. Yeah, so it's also hard to quantify like how much money you spend. So <laughs> I just ignore it. I'm like, all right, I don't even want to know how much it costs. Just take the credit card, you know? Right. But yeah, yeah. man, it just uh. It, Bummer. I wish I knew you felt like that. I wouldn't have lived off of peanuts the whole time. Uh, <laughs> I like. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. right. Um, we actually ate some pretty nice food there. True. And uh, I'm reading a, or listening to a book. You better hurry up and change the subject before I talk about Wagyu for the next 30 minutes. I'm, I, I'm taking it now, baby. All right. Ate, Dan ate some Wagyu. Done. It was good. It changed my life. <laughs> and that's well, a true story. Tell, I'll tell a portion of that story in All right, story go time for it. with Zach. But right now, I'd like to introduce and talk about the book just briefly. I, okay. Dave Gatto was on the show. Oh, um, hold on. Can we back up a l- just a second? So you talked about the, like, no bad teams, only bad leaders. I was going to say something about that. Get in uh, there, baby. So Get it. That, that was a part of the book where they were at Bud's, you know, the Navy SEAL. Okay. So. Never been. They Let's just say where they were doing, um, they were doing some Navy SEAL testing, right? And you have to, like, pass to be accepted into the SEALs program. And so they were there, and they broke up everybody into different boat teams. And they have these old, like, World War II boats that they say are, like, 250 pounds. They have to carry them. You know, they get full of sand and water and everything, and it's cold and sloshing everywhere and whatnot. So they group everybody by height, blah, blah, blah. So one team was winning all the time, and one team was losing all the time. And what they did was they swapped the leaders of the two teams. Right, right, right. We and talked so about that. They showed the team that was losing all the time when they put the right leader in place, they then started winning like instantly. Right. And then the leader from the losing team, when he went to the winning team, the team forced the leader to step up and become the leader that they needed. So that was a pretty cool story. But anyway, cool. let's carry on. Yeah, so I'm uh listening to the Toyota Way. Mm-hmm. Um which was suggested, I can't remember the author's name right now, but uh, suggested, well, Dave Gatto mentioned it, and I've been hearing it for a few months now, so I figure if I hear the title of a book a few, several times, then, you know, uh, it's probably right. in queue for me to listen to. I right. think that was one. I've been listening to uh, a personal development book titled Drop the Rock, which is about, like, relinquishing and changing, letting go of, uh, shortcomings and character defects. Kind of cool. It's an interesting title. Yeah. It's not about yeah, what like I illicit thought. substances. It's more <laughs> about, I guess, the baggage or like, you know, personal baggage that we carry mm. that we're maybe sometimes unaware of, but just a way to be free of um, personal defects that kind of stand in the way of being of maximum usefulness to my position, my family, and, you know, ultimately the world. So. Uh, I think that's it. I'm always reading a book called The Big Book. Mm-hmm. People know about. Some of y'all do. Some of y'all don't. Um, some people about, may have heard of the Bible. You read that uh, on occasion. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Um, the The Toyota Way has been pretty cool. I'm I'm getting into it a little bit. It's about uh, how Toyota they bought a GMC factory that was pretty beat up. Uh, the staff was not doing well. There was tales of like drug use and prostitution, and just not... in the factory, <laughs> yeah, like right. on during site. the day, right on site. So, and then they not only did they buy that factory and then kind of totally reorganize. This is even before. I mean, I don't. 
I didn't hear the word like positive culture, work culture until like this year. Right. You know? <laughs> right. And this was in, I think, 87. Mm. So that they did this. And then they, you know, Toyota made a, t and then not only did they uh, turn around their team, but they also, you know, profited eight million dollars or something billion dollars sorry something crazy in the first year and they uh with very minimal material on hand very uh, minimal workforce it was a very lean organization so i lean is a is a business term it's a type of running a manufacturing process that i just learned i don't know a whole lot about it so I, like i said i just started the book and so as we go on and maybe i'll introduce some more so yeah ultimately I think the point I would say is uh, it's not so much we do take from, and but none of these pieces of literature are intended to be just like a template for how to live your life or develop mm -hmm. your business. It's like you kind of take key points that apply to the situation you're working in at that moment, and then you kind of move forward, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's, yep. that's what the author, the introduction of the Toyota way, he says that. He's like, this is by no means a do exactly what Toyota did because your company is not Toyota. Yeah, right. Different town, different people, different things, <laughs> different things. Right. Different product. Yeah, yeah. So those those kinds of things. But yeah, I no. Say, so man. my thought on all that stuff on books and educational stuff in general is just, if nothing else, it makes you think. Right. You I'm know? turning off you uh, Netflix at night and mm. and listening to an audio book. Right. You know? And if you go into something like that with, you know, an open mind and you just kind of are a little bit receptive and think about what they're saying, if you go into it and you're like, oh, no, these people are stupid. That'll never work. You know, what are they thinking? Like, you may right. as well just stop. I mean, you're not getting anything. Yeah. So exercise that brain muscle a little bit instead of just I turn on like old action movies that really require zero thought or intent or, you know, attention or anything. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm doing something, doing something a little different. Um, All right. So have have we thanked the listeners? Thank you, listeners. We'd like to take this moment to thank all of our listeners and participants and people who watch and join and call in yeah. and comment yeah. and text. If you didn't do it, we wouldn't do it. That's right, baby. I like that. That should be like somebody's tagline. Maybe, we, I, everything maybe that's for we the bill bondsman, though. If you didn't do it, we wouldn't do it. Right. I don't know. So last, uh, we actually looked at the map of our podcast downloads oh, yeah. earlier we today. To, we used to run through all the countries. So yeah, I don't we, even know we did. Anymore. I don't either. There's there's too many now. Uh, That's I did awesome. Notice, I did notice Japan is on the list. That's pretty cool. So we've got quite a few in Europe. We've got like a, a pretty decent little group of people that have listened in europe japan all in africa canada of course across the united states so that's pretty cool it's nice to see uh december was or no january was our highest podcast downloads to date so cool. that's good i think december kind of sucked and i was a little discouraged I was like, did people come check it out because it was new, and now they're just like moving on and don't want to listen I mean, to us? But... Man, a lot of things kind of dwindle during the month of December. Yeah, people are traveling, they have family, they're trying to get it in for the last end of the year sales, or oh yeah, or go, uh, you know, I mean, buy holidays, Christmas gifts, families, and, right? Yeah, all all that. All, all that. People, uh, people, y'all know about Christmas. 
<laughs> they experience Christmas out there? Yeah. So they are fully aware? Yeah, I mean, that's what happens. So uh, it was cool to see in January there was a big comeback, you yeah, know, and there was cool. a bunch of people listening. So. Yes, people. Thank you guys so much. I like it. Yeah, so we still have several of the uh, the software people who are slated to be on here. We did record an episode at Finstech at the party, uh, you know, the kickoff party, which is a perfect segue to ask Ilaria. Yes. Can you say your name properly? Ilaria. 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 I can't do it. No, you can't. <laughs> One more time. Ilaria. Ilaria. No. <laughs> Closer than usual. Uh, try to say the R like a D, kind of. Eladia. Oh my God, no! Oh, there's too much emphasis there. All right, all right. So how about uh, how about you give us an Italian word? All right. What what's party? Festa. 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 He said like a question. <laughs> yeah, he does. Well, I was questioning if that was the right word. I guess. Festa. <laughs> Festa. How do you say where? Donde? Dove. Dove. Hmm. All right, anyways. Dove. Where's the party? I, that's what I was trying to ask. Dove la festa? Dove la festa. Is that where's the party? Yeah. Novella? No. Dove, dove la. Dove la. Oh, dove. Dove e? Dove. La oh, la festa, yes. Dove la festa. Dove la festa? Mm -hmm. He did oh, something. man. Play. That's good. Give him something. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Billy hey. in the house. So uh, when we go to Italy, at least we got that part covered. We need to find out how to say where's the cigar bar. Right, right. Because that we're not. That's like our thing, you know. Neither of us drink, and so, oh, yeah. That neither of us drink, and so we just we like went cigar bar hopping. And we went around and checked out all the cigar bars there around yeah, so Vegas. I like that. Nashville. I would like to I would like to just divulge that experience. I think in Vegas we went to the trade show together. Mm. My first fence trade show. Mm. Uh, and then we had these nights which we didn't know what to do. We're in this cool place. And we just walked. Walked around, nothing to do. And I you know, I don't really know what to do at home. I like go home and I mean if we're hanging out, we may have a fire and play guitar or play a board game. Mm -hmm. That's kind of it. Right. But uh, so in Vegas, I wasn't like, hey, bro, let's go to your room and play a board game. It doesn't, doesn't sound. <laughs> which, ironically like enough, fun. we did in Nashville. We did with the crew, though, which is a different story. <laughs> it was but, not just us two. So I think determining some stuff to do. For, if there's people who are out there who are not drinking and not socializing, we are out there seeking cigar bars. One of the other things we did, we just restaurant hopped and got appetizers. Oh yeah, we ate at three restaurants in one night. Right. I don't. I don't like when you say it like that. It sounds gluttonous. Oh, well, which it wasn't. We well, ate, it was kind of like that. It kind of was, but we the did final eat, meal. So we ate appetizers at three, and then we had. So what a fun thing to do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. To go cigar bar hopping and then do the appetizer hop. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, <laughs> That's fun, man. Yep. It's fun. It uh, was a. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe it's just because I don't like, you know, I don't drink and I'm sober sitting in the room. But that whole thing of like going to a room that's so loud that I can't even yell at the person next to me and trying to be in like some social function. I don't know. That's just not that exciting. It it kind of has lost its appeal. 
Right, so the thing that is cool, the Garbar. Yeah, and they're nice and quiet and laid back, and it was cool. We did, uh, If in case anyone was curious why I posted on Facebook, do you know the number for the phone booth? Oh, yes. We found uh, it. That was pretty entertaining. Uh, to me, it was funny. I just put a post on Facebook, and I said, what's the number to the phone booth? And we probably asked like a hundred people if they knew the number to the phone booth. A lot of them knew what we were talking about. A lot of them were completely lost, but uh, we did finally get the number. And so there's a place called the Red Booth, Red Phone Booth, Red Phone Booth, yeah, um, in Nashville. And it's a speakeasy. You have to to get in. You have to be a member or know a member. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, you know, like we got the number. One of the guys at one of the cigar bars gave us the number, which may or may not have been legit, but he gave us a number. Well, he um, gave us a number, and then another podcaster gave us another number. Right. And so one of them worked. But so in order to get in, you go, you enter the business through a red phone booth, mm-hmm. and it is intended to function and provide the uh, aesthetic of a speakeasy. I can maybe share the picture. I would, uh, you know, probably keep talking while That'd I be fiddle pretty with cool. this. So, yeah, we went in. Um, you go up to the phone booth. You dial the number. They answer. They ask you how many people are in your party. They open the phone booth door, and you go into this business through a phone booth. Yep. And it was really cool inside, too. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And I think Dan's going to pull up a photo of the booth. So I'm trying. Uh, if you're ever in Nashville, man, it's a cool thing. Even if you don't drink, they do sell cigars. They also serve food, so they have a full menu. Um, we were there kind of late, <laughs> so we didn't get down on the screen on the sharing food, works but. best on a good computer. So, I appreciate that. Um, let's see. We did a bit of recording in our booth. We've got a bunch of hey, content. Check that out. out. So here's the red phone booth of Nashville. We think there may be others. Uh, pretty cool experience. Yep. Yeah. No, there definitely are others. I don't know how you find them, but like Zach said, you can do a, a Is membership. That's me? a cigar, cigar bar <laughs> at Red Phone Booth. Yeah. So that's what it looks like when you walk in the door. Pretty old school uh, bar and everything. It's, it's neat. Cool, man. Thanks for sharing that with yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, you got a bunch of content. Um, Man, we I, I have to I, lean over to see the time. I'm sorry. How many people do you think that we talked to? All of them. It all was a freaking seven, all, madness. So we know that on one day there were seven thousand two hundred people. It was absolute insane. But there were other days. There I were know. more than just one day. It was madness. How many man. people you think were there over the course of the whole event? I don't I know. I mean, how can you it's crazy? So I don't know. Um Yeah, so I mean I think I yeah, I talked to Five thousand people. So we do this uh, hundred dollar putt. Oh, I want to show another picture. Yeah. So I don't. Y'all may have seen some photos and stuff with us having a putting green. Um, we did it in Vegas at the fence show there. Um, so first in Oklahoma City last year at Fence Tech, and then we did it again uh, in Las Vegas, and then we did it at, in Nashville now. So I'm gonna share this. Okay. Cool. So. Basically, we have a little mini putting green, and we put a hundred bucks down. And you put if the ball lands on the hundred bucks, you get to keep it. So here's a photo of one of our recent winners from the Nashville. How show. cool is that? 
And you can imagine if of 7,000 people, if any one of them finds out we're giving away $100 bills, there was, I mean, we were blocked the aisle, like numerous occasions where there was just. Nick Reich said hello. Hey, Nick. What's up, Nick? There he is. That guy was a busy guy. Every time I saw him in Nashville, he was like running. Oh, yeah, sprinting. (laughs) So this is, um, so Matt with Elite Technique. I think that's his daughter. Cool. Definitely was a part of his group, so I'm not positive about that. But six years old, and she came over and won the putt-putt $100 bill, so that was pretty cool. I'm sorry. Well, congratulations. I, yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Congratulations. So I'm sorry if I screwed that up and it is or is not your daughter, and I should know. I apologize. But anyways, um, yeah. Yeah, it was madness, man. So, like, the entire time, I never left our booth, which was kind of disappointing. Yeah, we celebrated Dan's birthday at the booth. That's how yeah. that went. Yeah, we. I never left the booth. I would get there, and then it was like, you know, once the show opened, it was a little bit slow coming in, but then it was like the flood came, and I talked to people nonstop the entire time until, like, 30 minutes after the show was closed every day. Never left the booth, never went and saw anything else in the whole show floor. Nothing. Just sat there with my computer talking to people the entire time. A couple of our team members uh, made use of Nick's education. Yep, yep, that's right. So that's cool. I'm pretty excited. I got a guy here now that I'd like to put through a a thing, management something or other. Yeah. Um, Yourself? So that's cool. Me, always me, but, you know, other people too. I, I don't... It's not my intention to just grow and leave everyone else behind. I right. want to take some people <laughs> with me. Otherwise, uh, it'd get pretty boring up there or wherever there, whatever we're talking about here. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean. We, we need uh, to hurry up. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Do something. So, uh, yeah, we recorded an episode of the kickoff party. That's pretty cool. We had a GoPro set up. You can kind of see the room in the background as it fills and stuff. It's cool. We got to edit the video, you know, cut out some, like, us scratching our head type time in there. And uh, we will post that. We did record maybe like 15 minutes or something in our booth at like after the show was over. Yeah, Spring Valley Fence. Saw you guys down there. Didn't get a chance to say hi. We were there Sunday through Wednesday afternoon. So, hey, sorry we missed you. Maybe Spring uh, Valley Fence. Yeah, thanks for trying to talk to us. I appreciate it. So favorite um, part about the show. Yeah, it man. was bonkers, but you know what? It was bonkers. I put that in here. The summary of the show was it was bonkers. It uh, was bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we, Alaria and Will Smith, they got a ton of pictures and videos. I looked at it today, like how many they were in OneDrive, and it's so many. I was like, oh, my. Yeah, I see. So... We're going to go through that and try to do something with them. I think she probably has enough to make like six million reels. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. What was your favorite thing about the show and then about the trip in general? Oh, you're asking me? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) You want me to go first? I knew you were asking me. Right. I pulled a funny. Well, I mean, I'm listening to the people who are watching, are talking to the people watching. Y'all can comment and tell us what you thought. But uh, my favorite. Oh man, it is. I had. I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I like the fast pace. Hurry up and set up. Hurry up and haul ass and get there. And like the, you know, 
from zero sitting on your couch in your hotel room like at 930 to 100 miles an hour at 10. We've talked about that, like our relationship and, in, in, you know, business operation and all that and how neither of us think we would really be satisfied if we worked at like a call center for no at uh, like a normal medium pace of doing something i don't even know what that job i can't even describe that job but if if it were like that then if i'm not like having to duct tape my eyes open and you know shoot up caffeine every 10 seconds to keep going i'm not interested I, i said this to you at the end of the show the last thing we did was we plastic wrapped the booth because I drove it there from here, Memphis to Nashville, which is not a long drive, but the booth weighed twenty two hundred pounds. It yeah. was six accidentally. By six, I'll mind eight you. foot tall, mm-hmm. and oh, the twenty two hundred part was an accident, right? Yeah, I, we were I, like, oh, it probably weighs like eight hundred, maybe a thousand. Twenty two hundred. So, uh, Brian Fredrickson says Nashville looked awesome. It, it was great Brian. to see your booth. It was indeed, man. It was uh, pretty cool. We'll but uh, also, what World of Concrete, space. I think, is where he was. That would be cool to see, too. So Right. Yeah, so when we're packaging this thing up, which was pretty easy, but we're, you know, very last thing, loaded out, oh, sigh of relief, it's over. And I said, you know what, Dan? I think I could be like a professional trade show attendee mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, yeah. set it up, tear it down. So your favorite thing was just the chaos? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I enjoyed the whole thing. I enjoyed all it's of fun. it. It's fun. You know, so this is the second one that we did. Uh, Vegas, now this Oklahoma City was kind of a different experience because it, like, it was, it was pretty uh, nope. uneasy. New favorite thing. I just thought of it, but it, this is real. I was thinking about this before the show earlier. Yeah, it's just the camaraderie, having established some relationships with, for instance, Nick Reich. I'd never met him before, mm. but then seeing him at the show. Now, Brian's commenting. He wasn't at the show, but he's commenting and exchanging with us about the show. Right. And that whole thing that makes, like, what seems like our little job here in nowhere corner of Memphis, mm. you know, it's just such a much larger s- scheme. And not, and then seeing people that are like, oh, hey, man, I remember you from that thing. And I've been following your yeah. you guys building the booth and, yeah. uh, you know, just that kind of network. And basically, like, we have this peer group that, we know that we'll see soon somewhere. Yeah. And it's just ever expanding. That circle of peers is ever expanding. Right. You know? And so that exchange of knowledge and the books we are reading and what we're doing to grow and enlarge our businesses and our personal lives is all intermingling. Um, I saw Brian post on Facebook that he was going to stop posting negative posts the other day. Somebody, <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm with that though. Yeah. You know, like, and so the rising tide raises all the ships and kind of thing. I feel like we're, we're all ships on the tide and it looks like we're, we're all rising. And that spirit I think was kind of, I experienced that. I felt that there and I brought some of that with me. You know? So that's so. what Nick said. It's the intangible that happens. Yeah. Love it. I mean, we talked about that when we had Nick on the show, it's right. something you really can't, uh, you, you really can't describe. I don't know what just happened. That's the same comment again, but with a different. He said circle at the end, and now it says CBU. I don't know. I I just skipped over your comment, Donnie. Um, Donnie says, please take Lynn next time. So, (laughs) please take Lynn next time. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, yep. My favorite, uh, my, I, I really enjoy just like the, the crazy hustle bustle kind of stuff about the show. That That's really cool. 
and I don't I like uh whenever I travel I like to experience kind of different things um so like you know going to the different cigar bars going to the different restaurants and eating appetizers and all that stuff it's kind of cool to see like a, a part of the town yeah when when we were in Vegas we I found something kind of off the beaten path and we were able to do that but this one we were really just going so much I tried to find like this car museum and uh there's a bunch yeah. of stuff uh, to see or historical sites around Nashville we could have visited but mm-hmm. and I looked at a bunch of that stuff for us but the window we just didn't have the window of time to do that so that's one thing instead of just obviously all these cities have a nightlife and all that and we've mentioned that we don't participate in that so that's been something on these trips that i've been trying to do is like what is the what does the daytime life look like and where can we kind of enrich our experience you know actually what can you do after you leave the show at you know six or six thirty well and and that was right that was the complexity and trying to find something luckily that museum we went to and Vegas was open at night, mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool. What was it called? Uh, Meow Wolf. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna go again. I don't. Mm-hmm. I liked it that much, so it was a crazy place. I don't even know. You call it a museum? I think it's like an interactive art exhibit or yeah, something. Yeah, well, I say crazy. lot word when few word do trick. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the intention of this episode was uh, we want to kind of start this series of selling commercial fence uh and it's going to be multiple parts we're obviously not gonna talk too much about it now since we're already like i don't know 35 minutes or 40 minutes or something into this episode yeah i know but my intention was not that we do an episode experience like a little bit of pressure about fence tech right because everybody out there is doing episodes talking about what happened at fence tech and all of that kind of stuff and like i didn't really want to do that uh, it was cool. It was awesome. If you missed it, you need to go. I'll say go. Yeah. That's what I want to say about Fence Tech. Yeah. If you want to know about Fence Tech, go to Fence Tech. That's right. Go. It's cool, Get involved. Man. Totally worth Find, it. Talk to your vendors. A lot of them have parties there or, you know, social events or whatever you want to call them. I mean, if you want to experience that whole thing of a bunch of fence folks in, in a bar or something along that those was cool lines. Too. Yeah. I mean, that was cool. The, you know, the... Uh, what was the first one we went to? I'm sorry. Can you remind me of the vendor? The well, the first thing we went to was the, the Predators kickoff. game. Oh, Predators game. Oh yeah, and uh, so Rio Grande hooked us up with tickets to the Predators game. So big shout out to them. Thanks. That was awesome. Super yeah. cool. And then we did go to the obviously the kickoff party, but the other event yeah. with the vendor. What was their company? Well, so it's called Fencing Supply Group. I believe they sell swords. And maybe those white puffy Get suits. Here. Leave those people alone. But Fencing <laughs> Supply Group has several businesses, and we've been doing business with them for a long time, I think. Yeah, they own a ton of companies. It's crazy. They had two TVs with slideshows of all the brands that they have. So one of our vice president, Randy, has known our sales rep there and been doing business with them for 35 years, yeah. so, which is almost as long as I've been alive. So that's pretty cool. The National Hispanic Contractors Association does a great intro into commercial bidding for their Hispanic community. Well, that's cool. I am not familiar with that association, but I'm sure you could do a little research on the internet and find it out. You popped that on the screen there? I did. I I put it on uh, the screen. Just to expedite the show, maybe we should just post, plop the comments on the screen and we'll just roll through them. So if y'all comment from here forward. We need to try to make it make some moves. So. Oh, here we go. I'll just start popping them on the screen. Yeah, thank you. All cool. right, all right, 
All right, yeah, so uh, I don't know what we were talking about. I forgot. Oh, if you want to know about Finstech, go to Finstech. We're not talking about it anymore. <laughs> right. Is that our, that's our position? All right, so uh, kind of um, along these lines, we've, along the whole selling commercial fence, we've done a lot of episodes that really are leading up to this. So I, I have a list of them here. Our third episode we did was called Cash Flow. We talked about, uh, you know, managing your cash flow and like the way that billing works when you're working with general contractors and all of that stuff. Scheduling pains was episode number six. Uh, also talks about scheduling jobs and the schedule that is included when you bid a job and when you sign a contract and all of that stuff. Episode eight, we talked to Kirk, the banker. We just kind of talked about a relationship with your banker and some of the options that are out there for financing things. Keep your vendors happy with Brad Rude of Stevens Pipe and Steel, who we also hung out with at Finstead. We did. Cool. We went to a Top Golf. So that was a pretty cool thing that like wasn't a party. And we learned that we're all terrible at golf, but it was cool. It was fun, man. Yeah. I thought it was beautiful. So, um, uh, yeah, we had so, episode 10 was Insurance 101. Yep. Charlie Pittard. Which is, and all of these people are people we actually do business with. That's so right. So we are pulling back the curtain, so to speak, and this is the inner workings to an extent of Memphis Fence Company. Uh, episode 13 and 14. We had Alyssa on the show um, talking about employees and payroll, and that was a pretty heavy-duty one to unpack. Taxes. There was a lot in yeah. that episode. Those two. Right. I mean, so, honestly, man, I'm like, oh, thank goodness that she works here and is doing that job. That I don't have to worry about yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it takes a freaking team of people, man, for sure. Like, you come in, you know, our office, and we've got, I don't know, six or eight people sitting in the office and some sales folks and all of that stuff, and I mean, it takes people, you know. What was wrong? I was getting a text from my wife. Oh, sorry. That so, takes precedence. I thought that you were reacting weird to me talking about the people in the office. No, no, I'm one of them. I'm Maybe. one of them. So in I, case I think, anybody was wondering. I think our sales management and admin is 10 people. Wow. Yeah. May 10, sometimes 11, right? And our labor force is 30 now? Mid-30s. Mid thirties, pretty cool, man. Yeah, so like a third, and we also run, you know, a few subcontractor crews and things like that. So, um, and then we did episode seventeen. We talked about contract documents, and then in episode three of twenty twenty four, it was called Snow Days and Fence Tech Prep. But I kind of went down a rabbit hole of a contract that I'd been reviewing, and so I actually kind of like read a bunch of the. No, it wasn't yours. I read a bunch of uh, excerpts out of the contract just I to kind of let you know some of the language that's going to be in there and, and what to expect when uh, when you get to that point. Because actually what happened, what happened was someone received a contract and they wanted somebody to look at it. And they sent it to me and they're like, hey, does this look normal? Like, I didn't, you know, they didn't really know what to expect or anything else. So. I kind of took some of the language out of that, put it in the episode, and that way everybody could hear what was in there. So, uh, yeah. Um, you ready? We're going to do this? Let's start off with this concept. Yeah, let's start off. When with we this. talk about commercial, I believe there are two types. Business to business. General contractors. We do both of these. This is a <laughs> What is happening right now? <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
Yeah, so uh, we do both. We do the whole business-to-business side of things, and then we do the general contractor side of it as well. So I think really they're both commercial. I don't know. Could, would you – I try to be like, you know, kind of specify which one I'm talking about a little bit, but I, I think they well, both fall in I that commercial world. I think if the property is – well, that's not true, though. General contractors do work on residential property. Sometimes, yeah. Which is kind of weird. And multifamily housing is kind of like a weird one. Because it's residential. Right. So we call it what we want to call it. We do what that's we want right. to do. We call it what we call it. And uh, that's right, Felicia. Super <laughs> commercial. So uh, when Felicia was here. Billy Grove, what's going on, gentlemen? He was okay. Yeah, there you go. Hey, there man. You go, Billy. Hey, Billy. Thank you for checking in. We were gonna skip the comments, and then Felicia said something that I thought was entertaining, and so I was gonna talk about it. I'm sorry. I think Billy Grove or Graves is entertaining. Do you? Yeah. All right. So when Felicia was here, we tried to dis- we tried to come up with some way to determine the difference, and one day we were like, oh, we're gonna call this general contractor world super commercial. And I don't know why, but she thought it was the funniest thing ever. And she, every time we'd say it, she would just crack up laughing. And, of course, that just made me say it more. And so it kind of stuck around for a while. But Oh, uh, we're not reading it. We just put it on the screen. What? At what point do we stop? Now. Dawn said first make a contract page with all ah, requirements. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> all right, you, all right, all right. Thank you, Dawn. Thank you. Thank you. So Dawn is like a freaking powerhouse. She, she's a superstar. She's a powerhouse. Okay, I like that. And so she uh, she used to work here, and it was pretty cool. Like you could just take a contract and be like, here. And she would go through that thing and highlight it and put all the little like arrow stickers everywhere and have like a whole sheet of stuff typed up that was like a summary of the contract and all. It was pretty nice. So in our opinion, business to business is commercial. Since you're selling to a company. Well, so that's my opinion. I don't know if you share that opinion, but that's how we that's how we do it around here. So I, I yeah, I hold with your opinion. All right, cool. Yes, so sir. we're we're on the same page with that. I'm glad. Ooh, that so was a tough one. In general, this Oh gosh. I want to tell the story about interviewing this guy. Me? No, not you. Lynn and I interviewed somebody I and Lynn thought it was the most painful thing ever because it was kind of just like it was a lot of like, I don't want to say goofing off, but kind of just like goofing off for a little bit. And she was so uncomfortable. And I was like, Lynn, you want to see who the person is, right? You don't want to be all like, let me button up my suit and tighten my tie and come in here like crazy at them. You know, I mean, try to get them to relax a little bit. But anyways, that reminded me of that. So uh, in general, I think that, well, I don't think in general, I know that the business to business world is a little bit easier than the general contractors, but there's a lot of variables. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're dealing with a massive corporation and you're in the business to business world, that's going to be difficult. And if yes. you're dealing with a smaller general contractor, then, you know, that probably is easier than dealing with a massive corporation. If you're doing business to business and your contact is the owner of that business, that's pretty easy most of the time, in my opinion. Yeah. And the, and ultimately, I think, because they rely a lot on our experience to basically afford them what they want. Yeah. You know, and I think that's it. Yeah. You know, that's where that comes in. There, here's what we're trying to accomplish. Get it done and send me the bill. If you're working, doing business to business, and it's a giant corporation, it's almost like working for a general contractor. Except they have I think, a, I dare say worse. 
because they have they will put forth zero effort to ask anyone on site what's going on has anything been done any of that so i think at least when you're working for a general contractor they have superintendents and you know people yeah, on site they ha are aware of just the concept of project management they're actively involved I've in oh look i didn't even have to put that comment good job nice, she wanted us you. to just ignore it um so I'm doing one job now. We've been working with the a comment. relatively large corporation, and they have been emailing me from corporate asking if the work's been performed. All the while, yeah. their on-site contact, who is was my original got, uh, contact. The, the maintenance guy or whatever, on-site. Person. Oh, sorry. In this sorry. case, that's legit. Yeah. I'm not just trying to be cool or whatever. Um it, I'm communicating with them on scheduling. So I'm communicating uh, like I think I'm doing the right thing and we'll oh, be out. And is this the story where the, the person, the lady that you were contacting Definitely. was just kind of like, uh, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to let y'all talk. And that was like through a maintenance company or something like that, right? Not this one, no, but oh, that, so has, that does happen. Yeah. And I like that. I try. I tell you, I'm going to call the architect. Oh, don't tell people <laughs> that. Do not say that on here. No, you can't call the architect. I'd get permission from the general okay, contractor. Okay, if you have permission, that's okay. Dude, I follow chain of command. I'm a, you know how, like. If you want to piss somebody off for what seems to be an irrational reason, then circumvent the chain of command on a project. I don't recommend doing that. I'm no. not saying that's what I do. So. Okay, okay, okay. All right, so moving on, moving on. So uh, my example of a really easy business-to-business -business job was when Bob's car lot down the street calls you and he said he wants a fence, right? It's pretty straightforward. It's very similar to your interactions in the residential, I call it, uh, yeah, so that's a, I'm going to, can I put that on there? On the screen? Uh, no, whatever. I think that's okay. If you contact the architect's office and ask him for a list of bidders, I think that's okay. Yeah, don't. That actually is a good practice. I'm talking like when you're doing submittals and you want to skip the general contractor and call the architect to ask him questions. That's the no-no one. Right. Okay. I, oh, Olaria, you put that on there. I don't know whose comments to talk about. I'm sorry if we offend anyone. Like kind of. Um. All right. So when Bob's car lot down the street calls you and wants a fence, simple, a lot like your residential. You just go out, meet them, measure it. Give them a quote, sell the job, install the fence, and send them a bill. So, will Bob pay you? That's one thing to think about. If Bob is opening a new car lot and has zero inventory and has never done it before, uh, just be mindful about getting paid from Bob. In that scenario, I think you could probably be okay with uh, requesting a down payment. What do you think? Yes, most definitely. Yeah. If you're, and I mean, I dare say, like, if you feel nervous about the dude pay, or the person paying you, uh, there probably is a good reason why you feel nervous about it. Sure. So, uh, we all get burned sometimes. And sometimes your attorneys can collect the money, and sometimes your attorneys can not. So, now, uh, what we talked about, yeah. What we talked about before was, uh, I put your comment on the screen, but I'm not allowed to talk about it. Things get a bit more complicated when you're working for a larger corporation. Ah, oh, stop. Alaria, <laughs> put the comments on. I want to read them. Stop looking at those. I, I am. I'm changing my screen. I can't see them anymore. 
No, that sucks. We want to interact with people. That's the whole reason we're alive. <laughs> I'll put the comments on it. 50% down. Deposit, deposit, deposit. All right. So things get a bit more complicated. I when ain't you're never working. had nobody ask me for a deposit in my life. That sucks. That's what Sorry. I said. I said that was my exact Sorry. response. Actually, I said, well, you have now. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at you. You experience personal development today. Right, sir. We are on the same page then. We are both on the path to personal growth. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People get crazy about that stuff. And it's so like with us, I feel like uh, we're in a situation where we can kind of make that sell and be like, well, we have an office that we've been at since 1974. If we screw you over, come find us. Right. Come to our office to pay the deposit to make sure that I'm actually a person representing this company. Like all of that stuff works. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, I think people yeah, are pretty two, okay with it. I had a couple, two different times where there was some guff about the deposit. So two of how many times? A hundred or more. Right. Hundreds. So that's pretty good odds. I'd that make was those as, odds. That was as uh, my previous business. Not I mean, at Memphis Fence right, Company. Right. If I was putting it all on black, I'd take those odds. You know, 98 out of 100 times. All right. So um, when you get in the corporate world, complicated. Think about whoever made the device that you're using to consume this episode, to enjoy this episode. What word right. do you want in? All right. Um, I would say step one, make sure you know where to send the bill. If you don't send the bill to the right person, you're probably not going to get paid. Can I let them know what I do? Sure. What Go we for do it. Here? Let's we do it. We have a form that's a new customer form mm -hmm. that I send that says your billing address. Yeah. And it and also has their an agreement to payment terms. It even has a billing procedure. Right. Like if we have to fill out some forms and we have to do some other stuff, we want to know that before we ever Which invest a nickel. And some people, whether they're um, – negligent or sneaky lazy i'm not sure which but they'll just skip over that part yeah so i've started just asking them directly do you have a third party payment thing because we've run into that before where they're like oh wait you got to pay an extra three percent in order to get paid so general contractors are hard to get a deposit from for sure uh we don't i mean i don't we've never received a deposit from a general contractor Right. I am aware of a situation Which, that happens where they will issue a joint check. Right. But and um, I've had them buy the material before. Mm -hmm. So similar thing to the joint check deal. Right. But uh, like that mobilization fee, even if you put a mobilization on there, you can't bill it until you're after the until you're on the job site. And if you go back and listen to our cash flow episode, cash flow. Talk that's about the that one where we talked a lot about this stuff. Yep. Yep. But. uh yeah, so, I mean, once you are on the job site and you bill for right, that, I'm just going to start the cycle. We're reading content. We're reading comments. Right. Is I that, tried. That's we're what reading. we're doing now. We're just reading them. Thank you, guys. We appreciate your participation. We so do. We're it's super keep cool. It rolling. We're excited about this. Who cares this. if we finish the damn show? Wait, I'm excited about this. Zach, yeah. I don't know. I don't care what you I think said, anymore. I said, I don't care. I said, who cares if we finish the show? We'll just But for GCs, you usually audience. have a binding contract. Yep. Yep, you do. Um... And so you had you do have a contract, but right. you also when you submit a bill, you got to make sure that all your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed and everything is good for when you go in there and you mail that bill or email that bill or whatever. And if and you screw it up, then there's in my experience, there's been like a 50 50 shot as to whether or not they're going to tell you that you screwed it up. 
right? right? I might call them 45 or 60 days later and be like, hey, we haven't got paid on this thing. Oh, well, that's because you didn't sign this document. You didn't have it notarized. You didn't put the date on there. Well, in some of the smaller GCs, uh, speaking of binding contracts, and then meeting the payment terms with the, or you know their billing cycles, uh, some of the smaller GCs, we had one recently where I was two days late, and they went with it anyways. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Because most of the time, if you're two days late, they're going to hold you it. wait. Yeah. I also had um, some, I think the same GC, they just relied on the contract that we issued, and that was yeah, the so only that's contract. Like a, that's a small general contract. Right. Yeah. So GC is a kind of a relative term here. So if you learn anything from this, if you've never done a job for a general contractor before and you want to do one, go find you a small local general contractor and start there. I, I love it. Right. I mean, I've developed. Don't, don't go out there and jump in with, you know, one of the top five general contractors in the country because they're going to drown you with paperwork. I'm working on developing, well, de currently developed or developing a relationship with a local smaller GC who has a contract with the municipality. Yeah. And I love this relationship. It's my new favorite customer, I got to yeah. say. Don said you should have prepared a contract requirement page. <laughs> then you would have known. I the thought she was coming oh. to work here on Monday, isn't it? <laughs> then Don, you would have known the billing date. <laughs> I need this Don. Oh. I heard Don run, runs a tight ship, though. She does. Oh she would. Gosh. She'd crack down. I know. I'm a class clown. I don't know if I could do it. All right. So we're trying to talk about the business <laughs> to business world, not the general contractor world. All right. So what I would say is, I we said nowhere to send the bill. And if that bill's five days past due, I'd be on the phone making sure that your a, their AP department has that bill, right? Because if you sent the bill to the wrong person, you sent it to the maintenance person that you've been dealing with on site or their boss maybe or something like that, if they don't forward that bill to who needs it, they're not going to pay you. So uh, make sure that the right person has the bill. And <clears throat> you can... Uh, as Zach was saying, like we have a form that we fill out and we find we find out who we need to send the bill to, what the procedure is for getting paid and all of that stuff on the front end. Strongly suggest doing something like that. I sat down. I made it in Word. It took me an hour maybe. Um, so, like I said, when it's five days past due, get on the phone and call their, their accounts payable department and make sure that they even have the bill and that it's like in their cycle to pay you. Because uh, a lot of times the bill doesn't get where it needs to be. Um, so on the front end of most of these things, you're going to have to be set up on, as a vendor. Again, this is with like large corporations and things like that. They'll have paperwork that you've got to fill out in order to be a vendor. They're not going to give you a contract. They're not going to give you a PO. They're not going to do any of that stuff until all this paperwork is done because their system will not allow them to create the PO or contract or anything for you until you're in there as a vendor. So Yes, people want to get mad, like, well, you want me to do all this stuff. I don't even know if you're going to give me the job, all of that. I mean, it's part of playing the game. If you're going to do it, just do it. So, um, like I said, some kind of paperwork that's going to go along with that, and depending on who it is, is going to determine the complexity of that paperwork that you have to do. Then you're going to have to submit some stuff like an insurance certificate and uh, what's funny? I like this. Oh. So uh, you're going to have to submit an insurance certificate and a W-9, and uh, you might have to turn in a contractor's license, like depending on the size of the job that you're doing. You know, all this 
far as I, I assume all the states have different requirements and like different caps on how big of a job you can do without being licensed. Uh, I know like in Missouri, licenses work different. There's not like a state contractor's license. So, you know, that's all going to depend on where you are. All right. So then when you sell a job to big corporate America, then they're going to give you a PO. And this PO is going to have some terms on it. And they're going to say, we're going to pay you in 45, 60, 90, 120, whatever days. And that sucks. Remember uh, early on when you were here and somebody tried to give you a PO that had like 60 day terms or something or 90. And I was like, all right, charge them like 5% 5 a month for 30 days past 30 days. Yeah. They didn't like that very much. I just told them to. <laughs> yeah. Like, sure. I'll accept that at 5% every 30 days outside of our net 30. <laughs> right. And so they, they chose to hire someone else. Did they, or did they chose to pay on time? I thought I, I thought, oh, did they? I think they went with it and were like, okay. And so they accepted the 5% I or think, they paid on time? I think they paid in oh. 30. Yeah. Isn't that weird? How well, they said they would. Now, if they did, mm, that's a good question. Because I don't question. often go back and follow up. And we don't even that, know. Yeah, we Hand so that off to accounts receivable, right? So. Of that team of 10 people. Oh. <laughs> Alyssa said they hired someone else. Oh, thank you, Alyssa. For <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Me. Um, well, hey, good for them. Right. I don't really like to lend people money for ninety or one hundred and twenty <laughs> days, you know, and interest free. Like, we'll go do a job somewhere else. It's gonna pay us. Uh, so yeah, that kind of sucks. And I mean, there's an example of like, don't be scared. Don't be scared to uh, argue with them. I guess sometimes. It's going to go one of two different ways. They're either going to accept it. Well, I guess it could be three. They'll accept it, they'll negotiate, or they'll hire someone else. Right. Argue sounds like a a violent interaction. It, was not, it wasn't like that. We did argue, and we went back and forth and had differing opinions, but I it think was we very probably, cordial. We probably it? got closer to arguing internally over that than, than you with them. Right. You yeah. go in there, you tell them, and I was like, hi, this is Zach Shue. I <laughs> right. have some new information. I'd like to... <laughs> I'm, they told me, you know, the notorious they that, told actually. me. I don't say they, I don't say we. I say I. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, so you I'm just... a representative of Memphis Fence Company, and that's what I'm saying is going to be. Mm, well, look at you. Are yeah. you Memphis Fence Company? I'm not Memphis Fence. I'm oh, a representative okay. so, of. As it turns out, Donnie is Memphis Fence Company. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was asking. I wanted to know if you were stealing Donnie's job. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't uh, know how he slipped, how he, when, like, when did that the, happen? It's Where, happened the, more than once. Alyssa, tell us the story. It's happened more than once. And I don't understand the context of a conversation that would afford him the opportunity to say that. Well, I tell you how it happened because I was there. Uh, he was trying to say, hello, this is Donnie's Memphis Vans company. And he stumbled. So it was like, all that came out was like, hello, I'm Memphis Vans company. <laughs> So he didn't even say his name. <laughs> Hello, I'm Memphis, Memphis Fence. Fence. <laughs> that was like some really good AI or something. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Um, man, every time this happens, I'm like, all right, we have you know this whole agenda written out and all the notes, and now I don't even know where I was, so I have to be like, all right, what? we talked about that. We talked about that. Uh, yeah, so I don't like POs. I don't like purchase orders in general. When somebody wants to send us a purchase order to do a job, again, it's a part of playing the game, and you got to take it if you want to do the job, mm -hmm. right? But there's not a contract. So they don't sign our contract. We don't sign their contract. They just send a PO, and you take it or leave it. Uh, but there's, there's 
the one I had recently, I just said, would you please put a signature on the bottom of my proposal? And the, did they do it? Not yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thanks for that. I'm going to ask him in person. That's how I'm yeah. going to do this. All right. I'm going to stand up straight. In person. Yeah. Go to their office. Hey, you could. I'll uh, see him on the job site in a couple of days. I'll just be like, hey, man, what's going on? Oh, so we're proceeding with the job without them having signed it. Mm. With by way of purchase order. Yeah. So we have the purchase order, but we don't have a signed contract. I think sometimes you can get people to sign your contract, right? When they do a PO, I think sometimes you can, but I think a lot of times you cannot. And the person signing the contract, I mean, it, are they able to actually like bind the I company mean, I into sign an them all the time? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? Because I'm mean, like, what? <laughs> huh? Yeah, man, I just forge old Danny Boy's signature down there, and we get things moving right along. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know where who that person is. I don't I, either. <laughs> I mean, you like them, apparently. It's part of me. I guess that's it. Don't that, come get me. That's truly who you are Don't inside. lock me up. <laughs> There's other peoples in here dying so, to get out. So when you have a PO... There's very little terms. It doesn't do, really do much for anybody. You know, they'll have some of their terms on there and stuff, but it's nothing like a contract. It's kind of weird to me. I don't really care for it. I'd rather have a 30 page contract. Nature and I don't know beast, why. Man. There's one of my customers that I've hated, not them personally, but just the process. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, maintenance, what property management, property or maintenance. maintenance people uh, are the most difficult. Not people. Companies, it's not them. right? The guy it's not on the, the individual. End, I know, I know. The guy My on the goodness. under end of the phone is awesome. You know what they say: words are important. They are. They are important. Otherwise, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I, and I frequently <laughs> don't, so that's okay. <laughs> or I don't know what the hell you're talking. So about. property maintenance companies and the way they operate suck. Is that fair to say? Ouch. I I have navigated one, and I tell you what I did instead of. I thought that first, right? And I was with, I'm with you. I still, mm. the one I oh, oh, dealt with me, earlier me, this week, I just said, no, nah, never mind. Thank you anyways. Let but me, Let me modify my statement. Okay. And it, can I add a sometimes on the end? They suck sometimes. Sure. I guess so, it's like everything. There's good ones and bad ones. I started the relationship like this thing sucks. And I was yeah. and I was drafting, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to bid. However, I'm going to have to graciously decline. Thank you very much. Zachary Shu, representative from the Smith Company. Goodbye. Uh, did you did you speak like that when you're typing? That's what I hear myself like. Okay. It's definitely not, hey dang old man, I can't set that one to go on down the road no, with it. Oh, reckon we can do that <laughs> and right there, boy, but you can just send typed, me another one. I just type kick rocks. <laughs> No thanks. <laughs> no thanks. I like that. Uh, my, you know the uh, the suggested responses. None of them say that. They all say yes. That's great. Or I'll do it. Or right. here's a million bucks. Right. It's like oh crap! I just agreed to a thing I don't want to do. So the book never split the difference. Right. You know, and there they kind of talk about the fact that society looks at no as I, I was going to say a negative word, which is kind of interesting, but. Kind of, I know, is it a negative <laughs> word? But uh, they kind of look at no as like a bad word. Like people don't want to hear no. And he's like, well, you got to get there. Right. right. You can't negotiate unless you start with no. Right. Uh, Dave Gatto posted on Facebook today, there are only so many yeses you can afford a person or 
you have to offer during the day, right? So if I commit to everything, I can't do all that. That's so why. I, that's why I use unlimited okay. nose. He says, oh. and I don't know where he got that from. I didn't. I just kind of. So graced, that's an interesting but, concept. There's only so, only so many things you actually can do, but there's unlimited things you cannot do. <laughs> huh. Interesting. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, I love it. Um, so I made the decision that I'm gonna just. I'm going to walk through this process and develop the skill set to be able to deal with this pro uh, property maintenance company. Yeah. You're going to give them what they need. Zach. And I said, they don't suck. I'm going to do whatever it takes to nurture this relationship so that I have this going. And you know what? It has been a constant trickling stream of revenue. You know what? In extreme ownership, they talk about this. They said that the higher-ups who were not even – they were stationed in the United States were always asking questions, right? Can you give us more detailed information on this or that or that or that, you know, when they were seeking approval to go on combat missions? And so this one guy in the book, Leif, he said, man, I got so mad about it, and I was cussing him and this and that and everything. And he went and talked to the other author of the book, Jocko, and Jocko was his superior. And uh, he was complaining to Jocko, and Jocko said, look, you got to have their approval if you want to do the mission. And, like, the reason they're asking you questions is because you didn't give them the information they need on the front end. <laughs> right? Extreme ownership. If you did your job right, they wouldn't ask you so many questions. Right. If you were thorough. Right. So maybe that's the same thing. Kind of. Maybe. Something similar. So anyways. All right. So you... You just said, okay, I'll do what you want. And y'all got it all squared away, and you went on, and they just and keep it, coming back. I, well, and a change of perspective. I, I mean, if I look at it, still is a bit more labor-intensive than what I would want it to be. This episode should be called Random Conversations with Dan and Zach. But this is the inside. This is how we do our job. Yeah. This is us selling and that should have executing been the name of our commercial podcast. Things. I mean, we talk like this to each other. We talk random thoughts are laced all throughout our day. Actually, if you heard our real conversations, they would be much more random than this. <laughs> I would be like, yeah, but have you heard about this dude that I saw on YouTube? Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, this that's how cool. how we get it done, man. This is Everything what we do. Everything that we are doing is either we are recounting an actual experience or – you know, they're seeing the real live back and forth for how our office kind of functions. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like a little bit less of, of the random. <laughs> right. A little more on point, actually. So. um, Oh, I, I wasn't going to mention it, but Alyssa had to put it in here. It doesn't mean anything. Everyone, I want you to comment right now the or answer to this question. Sit down. Hold on to your butts, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Prepare to have an existential crisis. This is going to change the world one it day. It means nothing. Maybe. Get it. Get All right. It. Here's my question. If you walk into a restaurant, this that used to be bar, but I changed it to restaurant. If you walk into a restaurant, there's a teacher, a preacher, and a mechanic. Which one do you go talk to? You have to have a conversation with one of them. You get no more information than that. Okay, that's it. That's and it. That's all. And we move on. And it doesn't mean anything. We don't grade it. There's no scale or. There's outcome. no winners or losers. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, we're just trying to figure it out. We don't know. 
All right. I think look at that randomness. <laughs> Man, we didn't even make it through this. Oh, we're so close to the end, Zach. We're let's, wrapping it up, man. Let's do we're it. Let's track. do it. I don't I mean they can turn it off. All right. Don says mechanic. Don got mechanic. So uh practical. A very practical person. What do you think? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what it means. But I figure if I ask enough people, I'm gonna see some sort of pattern from the people that reply, right? So uh Felicia says mechanic. Josh says mechanic. So our listeners are mechanic people. Isn't that interesting? Here in a minute, I'll tell you what Zach and I answered. Uh, all right. So again, I said, make sure you know where to send the bill when you're done with the job. Even if you get a PO and all that stuff, still make sure you know where to send the bill. And you can reply to their PO and say, uh, oh. they, they know how to figure it out. You can reply to their PO and say, here's our new customer information form we need you to fill this out that again has the information about where to send the bill dot 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 so uh make I, sure that i told someone i was not going to do any work until they filled it out yeah people are so am i am i turning negative people are freaking lazy that's what i was gonna say i'm not sure if i'm allowed to say that if i'm not y'all just erase that but i mean if you want you want to send me a po that doesn't have hardly nothing on it you want us to come out, invest time and money and every, all these other resources to complete your project, and you're not going to fill out one little sheet of paper. It has like four spaces I'm on it. Sir, I'm mailing you a, a big pen. Right. You know what? Make it a G2. <laughs> right. I'll send you a $3 pen Right. if that's what it takes. I you, think some of these people, some of the people that – not these people. I don't like the way that sounds. I think – a couple of my experiences were that these they, people they may it's likely they may be actually doing their work from a cell phone yeah and i could imagine that's difficult to reply to an email or had, sign a document let me tell you a story zach let me tell you a story i'm just trying to I afford a, people the benefit of the doubt right? i had a person call it creative mindfulness i had a person within our organization within the past 24 hours they came in my office and they said so hey i, I hear you're looking to hire an estimator uh, I might be interested in that job, and you know, maybe one day I could like have some other estimators work under me, and I can just like go to Morocco or whatever and take my laptop and leave the crew here to do the job. And I was like, "What? I don't even do that. Are you kidding me? No, you're not. <laughs> that is not even anywhere realistic. Get out of here, Alaria. I can't believe you. <laughs> I know, right? That was the That's crazy. What? What is the laughy faces with a shower? turning mean i don't understand i don't either so can someone please decipher this your wife has laughy faces and a shower with herself it's her own inside joke that only she gets she said that's relaxing what does turning mean yeah okay so what about this one what's what's this turning you said you were turning mean if she's like turning like you're already oh Wow, that's not what the comments or section is for, Alyssa. <laughs> Still let you know. <laughs> Alyssa deserves it. I don't what, get deserves to relax. Out of here, <laughs> go. Y'all talk amongst yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh my goodness, we have to finish this. Nah. It's right there. They don't care. Make sure all your paperwork's in order when you bill so it doesn't hold up your money. Is there any type of completion work? 
paperwork. <laughs> you got to fill out some form when the job is done. Uh-oh. Okay, okay, okay. I'm trying to wrap it up. Calm down. Remember, you were issued a purchase order by someone who is not on site, and you are sending a bill to someone who is not on site, so they have no idea what's been done. And they may or may not be willing to pick up the phone and call someone who is on site to find out. Here's them calling me and saying, is that work done? You mean that work we did three weeks ago and have already billed you for? Yeah. Yeah, in I fact, just it is you. done. I just tell them, yeah. I know, but, you know, how you really want. How you really want to answer versus how you do answer. Yeah, this is Dan Turbyville. What do you <laughs> What do you ask? Yes. Oh. Oh, on. what was that question again? Hold, hold on. Hold on. Let me get you, Dan. Hello, this is Dan. <laughs> is that how you do it? Yeah, yeah. You, wait, you get your other voice. <laughs> Andrea, you'll never believe this story Dan told me. Man, I driving on that dang in work this morning. <laughs> Oh, actually, did you know how Chick-fil-A started? <laughs> uh, that's a funny joke. So I had a thought. I don't know what this has to do with anything. I made it to the end of my list. I'm just happy. I'm going to counteract your mechanic teacher. So okay. I like. I had this thought. I was going to tell a story about parenting today, but we've run out of time with our shenanigans. So There was a lot of shenanigans. There's a story that exists. I think we navigated well through our topic. People are getting an understanding. We are not robots. I think everyone's having fun. I'm having fun. That's what's more important. Hey, hey, listeners, are y'all having fun? Hey, listeners. I wish hey. they could say, yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about commercial fence bidding? Yeah. <laughs> I think Alyssa's uh, trying to get me to come home. I'm a dork. So I, there's a story. I'm going to throw it out. The title of this story is Appropriate Touch. <laughs> what? Okay. Appropriate Touch has to do with de designating rules for the teenagers who occupy my home oh, on what's yes. acceptable for my daughter and her boyfriend to make physical contact in our home. Mm -hmm. So... Hold on, go you gotta tell how the story started. Don't like get no, into all. No, I'll tell the story some other time. But what that got me thinking about was parenting. Oh, no. I'm a, this is a cliffhanger. Oh no, it's a cliffhanger. And you know I'm a real introspective guy, so I like a cliffhanger. There you Whatever go. the hell that means. Um, so I was thinking, I thought, does I was doing? <laughs> I was assembling. I was assembling. Thumbs up, Mitt. I'm having fun listening until Zach started this story again. I'm assembling the <laughs> TV stand uh, for the thing, and I thought, you know what? I've assembled so much stuff as a parent, right? Like, my being a parent prepared me for building that TV stand. Yeah. Or being a parent has required me to build a lot of TV stands. Mm -hmm. And I don't know who hasn't unpackaged a thousand bolts at 2 o'clock in the morning and tried to assemble. Oh, them. isn't it? And why are the bolts like individually packaged in impenetrable <laughs> At 2 packaging? Right. It's and like, like your grandpa opening you a grinder out. To... <laughs> it's Come like on. your grandpa opening a peppermint in the middle of a quiet church service, you know. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I thought I had this thought. I thought does being a good person make you a good parent? Or does being a good parent make you a good person? 
just food for thought. Hmm, because you like that, don't if you? If you're already a good person, would that result in you being a good parent? And I think maybe that would result in you being a good role model, but possibly mm. not a good parent. And then if you have children, it that I think is motivation for you to step up your game in life and maybe become a good person, right? Or just the experience of being a parent develops your you as a person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's pretty good, right? It is. Yeah, so I'll tell the appropriate oh. touch another time. Uh, when Alyssa's not there to berate me. Alaria's going to town on those buttons over there. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for participating. Yep. People who are first time commenters and participants, I love it, man. I love it. I'm having a good time. And um, so, again, we're going to continue down this series of bidding commercial fence. We should agree. It was fun until, until we started talking about parenting. Maybe it just doesn't relate to you because you don't have kids. Right. I don't think. Unless we don't know something. So, thank you guys for joining in. Um, hey. We forgot to say the bit. If you want us to talk to someone or talk about something, don't forget to let us know. Right. Or be on the show. You know, you we personally want to be on the show. Yeah. You want to be on the show? Come on. Be on the show. We've yet to ever have anyone say, yeah, why don't you talk about this? We, so. we haven't had any suggestions for topic. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, though. I get it, man. You asked me, or the question was proposed, what was my favorite part of Fence Show? And I was like, uh. Uh, Give me 17 and a half minutes to think about right, that. So I get that. I know. I like that. I thought that that is, I thought it was going to go one of two ways. I thought either you were going to just boom right off with the answer, or you were going to freeze and not be able to like think about that right in the moment. Mm -hmm. So I was putting it on there. But, anyways. Thanks for listening. Thanks it's for been fun. Everybody. Thanks we for are hanging no out. No longer in the house. We are out of the house. We're in the outhouse. <laughs> what? That didn't work real well. So we we're in uh, the house in the beginning of the show. Now we're not anymore. Thank you guys for.